Hello and welcome back to the Glory Glory My Night podcast. I'm your host, Gail Quinn, and I'm joined today by Nigel Duffy and Chris Nugent. Welcome, fellas. Okay, nice to be with you. Yep, thanks, Kyle. This is our Manchester Derby podcast, and we've ended uh, Man City's 21-game winning run, and we're absolutely delighted about that, aren't we? Couldn't be yes, better. Okay. Over the moon. After all those damp, drivel, uninspiring 0-0 draws in the last three games, but also against the Big Six this season. This is a, a welcome return to the goals. Those last three games of dullness was worth it to, to win this game. What do you think, Chris? Absolutely, Kyle. Absolutely. Couldn't be better. Over the moon today. Just a great result. Unexpected result as well against the team that's top of the league and looks like, let's be honest, they're probably still going to go on to win the league. Um, just great result. Came at the right time, like you say. Just Boring nil-nil draws for a few weeks, sir. We, we just needed a return to this, so uh, absolutely over the moon. So what, what's your immediate thoughts on the game, Nigel? Oh, elated by the performance and more so by the result. I mean, all the pre-match punditry talk was which result would go with the 21 winning run of Manchester City continue or the 21 games on away. Away record be, be kicked into touch and we got the result, so it's uh, 1-0 Man United. It was an excellent performance, and we have to admit that City were absolutely atrocious on the day. I got the feeling that they probably turned up expecting to win and not needing to, to try very hard, but United pressed from the front from the very start and got the dream start with the early penalty, and we kicked on from there. Really, we could have made it three or four. We had the chances to do so. Yep, absolutely, Kyle. Yep, without a doubt, Kyle. The, the, the pre-match betting, I mean, United were 11-2 to to win that fixture. It's amazing when it's the, the top of the division playing the third team in the division uh, in a derby match. United that weren't uh, 11 to 2 no-hopers. They played really well. Pressed from the start, got the early early penalty and built from there. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a fantastic performance. And, you know, I thought that, that we, did, we didn't get 2-0 up uh, with our second chance of the game. And I thought that might have been crucial. It turned out not to be the case because we eventually got the second goal uh, at the beginning of the second half. It was the same man who missed the chance, uh, Luke Shaw. But I thought City would come out uh, in the second half, firing on all cylinders, trying to get an equaliser, but they were really, really poor, weren't they? Yeah, I don't uh, Yeah, I don't think they were brilliant, Kyle, but I mean, I guess being a United fan, I, pr- I probably want to give the credit on the day to United. Um, I mean, I think the, the City threw kind of everything at us, you know, the, the, ma- the dominated possession as we would have expected. Um, and I think United um, just frustrated them, to be honest. <laughs> Ironically, in a way, we did to them today what uh, so many teams have done to us in recent weeks and, and really frustrated us. Um, you know, I felt like they, they were looking uh, to try and get through. You know, they were doing everything they could. Um, but I, I, to be honest, just felt we defended so strongly. Um, and not even just, you know, defended um, you know, strongly in terms of, you know, our kind of uh, setup and that. But even, you know, to a man, you know, just last ditch tackles and, you know, just doing enough to put, put the, the striker off and things like that. So, um, yeah, I, I, thought, I thought we set up really well and I thought we just, we just completely frustrated them out of it. Yeah, I think Maguire, a man we criticize so often in this podcast, had a really good game today and so did Lindelof. And I don't think any player really was probably below an 8 out of 10, to be honest. Um, yeah, it's so fantastic to see. Yeah, I'm just absolutely thrilled. Uh, I didn't see this coming, if I'm honest. As Nigel says, it was 11-2 to 2 in the batting, and I thought that was fair going into the game. But 
how many times have we seen it where we're we're a bad runner form and we're playing a, a, against a, a tough opponent and in this case the team that are top of the league by miles and United are given absolutely no chance of winning the game and Solskjaer pulls it out of the bag he has done it again there's no doubt about that I think that's the third time out of five in Manchester derbies where he's really uh, out tacted uh, Pep if that's the word to use because from the very start of the game United were at it wanted it more that's as Chris was saying every single player in every single position was told to be really pressing. The back four pressed higher up the pitch. It seemed to work. And once we got the early goal, they, 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 we could have been more clinical with our chances in the first half, but it was a wonderful all-round performance. Okay, let's get on to the player ratings now. I'm really looking forward to this. I'll come to you first, Nigel, with Dean Henderson. I was really, really impressed with him. And every, every time I see him, I'm more and more impressed. And I can easily see him being our number one next season. What do you think? Absolutely. Had a wonderful all-round game. Very self-confident goalkeeper, but especially with fans not in stadiums, goalkeepers become more important because of their communication skills. He was roaring orders left, right and centre there, and the back four really seemed to get it today. Uh, he, he nearly had an assist with the second goal. I mean, the, the one-two with Shaw and, and Rashford Shaw buried it nicely, but the confidence of the goalkeeper keeper that he wanted to start a move directly from the back. Yeah, a good eight for me. Well, well done. And I hope he keeps his place. Okay, Chris, I'll come to you with uh, Armand Basaka. I know you were when you were taxing me, you were very impressed with his performance against Sterling again. So what would you give him out of 10? Absolutely, Kyle. I'm going to give him an eight as well. Um, he, he maybe even deserves a nine. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just feel like he's tailor-made to play against Sterling, to be honest. As I said to you, texting during the game, uh, Sterling must be sick of the sight of our Mamba Sack at this stage because every time he comes up against him, he, he, he can't get past him at all. Um, and, and often then, Sterling, halfway through the game, ends up just not even trying to get past him and he tries to maybe pass it away or, or, knock, or kind of knock it around him with one-twos. Just, just a brilliant game, and again, he was one with the last ditch tackles as he always does. And uh, yeah, Sterling didn't have a sniff, um, and Sterling on a good day can can win a game in his own. So yeah, Bambasaka was an eight at least for me. Absolutely brilliant performance. Okay, and Isa, what do you think of Harry Maguire? This should be interesting after all the criticism that we've given him in, in recent months. Oh, I'd I'd give him an eight too today. I think uh, his partnership was Lindel- with Lindelof was much better today. But I I think there was times when. The goalkeeper was roaring at him, my ball. He claimed a lot of, called him out, told him when people were under pressure and Maguire seemed to listen to that. So much, much better. He was sound today. Couldn't see him making any mistakes today. Okay. What about Lindelof then, Chris? Would you give him an eight as well? I think so, Kyle. Yep. I don't think he deserves anything less than that. Yep. Once again, uh, he was very solid, uh, just as Nigel said there about Maguire. Um, and yep, I have to say, I would also agree with Nigel about um, about Henderson and his, and the influence that he had um, on the back four. Um, and it, it just shows, um, you know, what we're capable of, um, you know, when, when we kind of get our heads heads down and, and play well. Um, if I'm honest with you, as, as tense a game as it was and as much possession um, as they had, I personally didn't feel like City were, were really going to score. And that was my, my personal feeling. And I think um, I think that's testament to how well the back four played. Um, that I didn't really feel like they were... Um, they were shaky just 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 look more confident today I guess yeah there was the odd chance that they squandered but really they didn't put on as much pressure as what I expected it was it was very poor performance and some easy chances were missed as well by the likes of Sterling and Gudewan and great to see um so what about Luke Shaw Nigel for me he was my man of the match he was bombing forward like Roberto Carlos today and he was scintillating 
Oh, he, he was superb, particularly in the second half. I would give him a nine. He was my man of the match too, without a doubt. Uh, I heard uh, the manager's post-match interview where he said he had a knock before the game and was doubtful. So to put in a performance like that, even l- later in the game, you saw he got a, a knock on the thigh. I remember the three of us talking in recent years about Shaw when he got an injury. He wanted to go off. He didn't want to leave the pitch today. He's playing better than he, he ever has. He's, he's looking very, very confident, cutting inside and outside. Uh, what what an asset he is to the team. Fantastic. Definitely worth a nine for me. Yeah, he, he's arguably just as crucial, crucial as Bruno Fernandes is now to the team. What do you think about that, Chris? Absolutely, Kyle. And, 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 and you know, he had a brilliant game today, as we just said. And we haven't even mentioned his goal, um, which was just the icing on the cake. And we took it ridiculously well, um, you know, for a defender, um, you know, t- just taking the ball at his feet there and tucking it into the bottom corner. And that just shows, as Nigel said there, just how crucial he is to the team. He's just doing everything right at the minute. He's confident. He's good decisions. Um, like you say, Kyle, you know, he's, he is arguably as, uh, as, as, as crucial as uh, Fernandez is. Um, and for a left-back, um, to, to, be, to be kind of pulling the strings like that is just, just phenomenal. Um, yeah, just uh, long may I continue. Okay, another solid game from McFred. So let's get on to the ratings for them two. Uh, we'll start off with McTominay. What would you give him, Chris? Yeah, we'll give him a... It's going to be the theme of the day, probably, Kyle. A solid eight. <laughs> um, there's, there's no reason to give, him, to give anybody any less, really. No, nobody had a bad game. Uh, yep, yeah, I think before the game, you and I were talking... Um, and we were worried that you know McFred would kind of uh, would capitulate with the likes of uh, Kevin De Bruyne playing around him, and um, you know certainly there were times when De Bruyne looked dangerous. But for the most part, I think that uh, both both the guys in centre midfield did exactly what Ollie would have wanted them to do. That they pressed hard, um, they they took up the right positions, um, to make it difficult for City to you know sort of get space around them. Uh, and I think just in general that they, they were just solid. They just did their job uh, fairly reasonably on a human. Um, yeah, and McTominay, McTominay looked uh, looked dangerous on the ball too. Uh, you know, passing was was nice and crisp and sharp. Um, yeah, a solid eight for me. What score would you give Fred in today, Nigel? I think it was another very tenacious performance. Whenever he gave the ball away, he very quickly won it back. Yes, it was a typical Fred performance. But in a winning team, you you wouldn't give the central midfield the way they worked from minute one to minute ninety. They harried and harried and harassed and, and always tried to be positive when they got the ball to, to look forward. So definite, definitely it for me too. Okay, moving on to Bruno Fernandes. Another penalty goal today. Probably overall wasn't his best performance because he had some counter-attacks where he gave the ball away needlessly. But what do you think? will come to you, Chris. Would you give him an eight as well? Yeah, I, th- I think I think you, you said it right. If I'm honest, Kyle, actually, I would probably give him slightly lower. Uh, and I know that'll be controversial on a day whenever we've won the game, and he hasn't done badly. But yes, there was there was one or two there was one or two occasions I think today when uh, he slowed things down slightly, kind of got the ball caught between his feet and things like that. Um, but but in general, you know, he didn't play badly, um, and and we did win the game. Um, and of course, you know, he, he's just a good influence on the pitch, really, isn't he? Um, you know, no matter how well he's playing, um, you can never argue. Uh, with his with his influence and his kind of tenacity, so uh, I guess a seven and a half. But you know, maybe I'm being harsh, um, picking out small small things that he did wrong. But yeah, in general, he, he had a good game. Yeah, it seems harsh on a day like today to give him a lower score than everybody else. But I think you have to be fair. He, he did mess up a couple of counter attacks, and it wasn't his best day. But he scored his penalty uh, just about, and uh, that's all that matters. So. Nigel, I'll come to you with Martial. Now, I'm very interested to see what you'll have to say here because I thought he had a better game today and it was long overdue. He did have a better game, but he, he, he showed a bit of interest today and a bit of commitment. 
Uh, I watched him when the, before the game started when he came out onto the pitch. He came out last and he was struggling the shoulders, typical Martial style. Oh, it's just I'll, I'll, I'll turn up and see what happens sort of thing. He was better than that today. He he, he tried a lot harder and he, he he got the early penalty. Okay, it was a, a another forward fouling a forward and it wasn't as if he did anything brilliant to get the penalty, but the penalty was won and we scored and took an early grip on the game. Uh, all round, I, I think... They, I wouldn't give him uh, an eight principally because I see him wearing the number nine jersey. And uh, he had a couple of chances, one in particular, which he should have buried to clinically kill the game. And I expect uh, the, the forwards to take those chances. So I'll give him a seven and that's my mark. Yeah, I can't completely disagree with you. He did have a good game, but he really should have kept, kept it off with a goal and, and that would give him an eight or a nine. Uh, yeah, he, he at least two good chances there that he didn't take. But if he can try as hard as he did today, he'll certainly be uh, more of an asset to us. So uh, what about Marcus Rashford, Chris? He, he had a, he worked really hard today and he had a hand in Luke Shaw's goal. And uh, it's a very unfortunate that he had to go off injured. Yeah, I think a top performance from Rashford today as well. Kyle, yep. Uh, you know, And he's another one that, that in recent weeks or recent times I've been on with you um, that I've said that he can frustrate me. Um, you know, sometimes he, he makes poor decisions. Um, but today I thought I thought he was brilliant. Um, he really, really worked hard. Kind of, uh, you know, on the counter attack, you could tell every time he got the ball, he looked dangerous. You know, you, you could tell that the defenders were wary of him. You know, he, he, even carrying the ball into the corner when he was going nowhere. You know, he was he was always first of the ball. You know, he, he always knew uh, in a 50-50 race he was going to win it. Um, I, ju- I just thought he was a real headache for them. Uh, and like you say, even though he didn't get a goal, himself you know he he, he kind of had a, had a hand and everything that was kind of good about us going forward um so yeah Ra- rashford for me had a one of his one of his uh, best performances for a while absolutely re- real shame that he went off injured i, I hope it's nothing serious and uh, we don't have him out for any length of time um but yeah he, he'd be a solid eight if not an eight and a half for me um i think he was very 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 good today okay i'll come to you with daniel james nigel um i thought he had was he worked really hard today. Didn't get a goal or an assist, but I thought he had a, a really good game. And he's a huge asset in a game like this where we're playing on the counter-attack. Yes, I, I, I'll i give him an eight. Now, he's forced his way back into the team. Uh, he held the ball up well. And he has, as you say, genuine pace. And he gives us the, the width that we've all been crying out for all season to get the ball wide and get the ball in. Now, he didn't have a clinical chance at any stage, but he was there or thereabouts. And... Uh, uh, he's getting better as he gets fitter. I, I like to see the fella play and let's see if he can improve in the weeks ahead. Okay, we'll get on to the manager rating now. Come to you first, Chris. What would you give Solskjaer a 10 today? So, well, for me, Kyle, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to give him a I'm going to have to give him an eight and a half or, or possibly a nine as well. Um, I, I think he got everything right today. Um, I, I think that, uh, as Nigel said earlier on, you know, he kind of he outdid Pep again. Um, and you know, I think that's the third time now that he's done it. Um, you know, so a bit of a pattern emerging there. Um, yeah, I think he, I think he did really well. I think, uh, it was the right setup. Uh, as I said earlier, we we completely frustrated City from a defensive perspective. Um, and against a team uh, like that who's going to dominate possession once again, like we do in games, the only way to to uh, to kind of stop them from dominating is to do what we did, kind of sit back. Um, and, and not let them relax by hitting them hard on the counter-attack. Um, and I think we, we were set up well today to do that. You know, I think the scores, 
um, that we give the players reflects uh, how well everybody played. So that to me endorses the kind of the team selection um, and the result kind of speaks for itself. So yeah, I, I, I don't think there's much you could criticise about, about Solskjaer today. Okay, and I'll let you come in here about the manager. Uh, have you anything to add to that? Yeah, I would give him a nine. Now it's a results business and the team went uh, to what will be the current Premier League champions this season, I believe, and effectively played them off the pitch 1-2-0. All his tactics worked well. Uh, they were all committed for him today and uh, he deserves the praise he'll get tomorrow across the media. Okay, does it not uh, frustrate you guys that we play so poorly against a team like Crystal Palace and didn't look like we could hit a barn door and then we produced this kind of performance against City where, where it just seems like we tried hard today? Or is it just a, a case of that playing on the counter-attack suits what we have and trying to break down a stubborn defence is something that, that we don't have the guile to break down? Uh, what do you think it is? Is it a case of just not having the resources to break down stubborn defences or is it a case of that we try harder in big games? I'll come to you first, Chris. I think you've described it very well, Kyle. I think it's a wee bit of both, to be honest. Um, I, I think that um, it's, 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 for me, it's still kind of personnel, in a sense, in, in both situations. Um, in, in terms of uh, our attitude to the games, I do think that we that we try harder in those bigger games, and that to me is about you know characters and leaders, and and I do think that we're still a few of those short uh, of being the kind of side that, that that United have traditionally been in the past. I think that um, we need a few more of those big characters, and um, we, we have more than we had previously uh, in, in the likes of Fernandez and Henderson looks to be one of them too, which is great to see. Um, I think we need a few more of those. Um, and in terms then of breaking down defences, um, ex- it's exactly that. Uh, like I say, you know, we basically did the city today. What teams have been doing to us, um, you know, we're just not able to break down those stubborn defences. And as you said, Kyle, having the guile, um, I think we're we're just a couple of players, um, kind of short of that. You know, we're just a wee bit predictable at times. Um, counter attacking seems to suit us, and that obviously is what um. Teams like City, who love to dominate possession, uh, you know, they're not a team that's going to sit back and play any other way, and, and that just played into our hands. Um, so I think it's a wee bit of, of a wee bit of both for me. Yeah. Uh, what's your opinion, Nigel? Well, I, I find it extremely frustrating that we've come through this run of nil-nil draws and then produce a, a scintillating performance like today. The jury's still out in the manager for me, Kyle. Really, he's there two years and four months, and. Uh, He hasn't won anything yet. We've talked before on podcast about the need for this manager to establish himself by getting a trophy. And uh, some weeks you feel that the players aren't really there for him. I mean, take today's selection. You see the goalkeeper is playing. It's not by the manager's choice. It's off the field circumstances that David De Gea went to Spain. But a lot of the fans, and certainly me for a long time, have been hoping that this manager had the courage to make a decision between De Gea and Henderson, who is his number one. I think today the goalkeeper really proved himself. That's seven or eight clean sheets in the 14 games he's been given the opportunity. Uh, Lindelof surprised me today. Sometimes against the better teams, he has a really good game. But some sometime the manager's going to have to make the decision. Uh, we've talked about bringing in another centre-half or whether Baye should get a chance beside Maguire or whether Baye and, and, and Lindelof should get a chance together. There's too many ifs and buts there. The nil-nil draws, the manager was sitting in the stand. Today he was really up for the game, got the result he wanted, was up and down the touchline. 
the altercation with the city manager, all that sort of stuff. So yes, it is frustrating. Let's let's not get too comfy about a one-off match. There's ten games to go, and we want successive runs of the same team winning games and scoring goals. Yeah, if we had a beaten the likes of Sheffield United, West Brom, and Crystal Palace, we'd be in a title race. But it just shows where we're at at the moment. We're capable of getting big results and big games. But we're not consistent enough to win titles. And that's either probably a combination of not having enough personnel yet and the manager not being brave enough to, to go for the win. In, he did today, but in other games he hasn't. Like Chelsea and Liverpool and Arsenal, for example, if he had tried to win those games, we, we who knows where we'd be now. But it's something, it's something to build on. If we're going to win the league, we're going to have to be way more consistent, aren't we, Chris? Absolutely, Kyle, 100%. And just on that, there was, there was something interesting that I listened to the other day that kind of, that kind of pricked my ears up and made me kind of think. Um, I listened to Sochar. He was on uh, on another podcast. Um, I think it was now it was recorded last year, but he talked a little bit about his his approach to management and his approach to the players. And and, and it could be something that, that maybe explains part of what's going on at the minute. Um, he basically said that uh, when, he, when he had the Cardiff job, that he was... He he was quite aloof for the players and that he was um, kind of, uh, you know, happy to kind of shout at them and things like that. And, and he, and he, after the job, he reflected and thought that that was maybe something that he had did that he did wrong, and so he sort of hinted that you know his approach in his mind uh, changed to, towards kind of being a wee bit kind of nicer with the players, um, and I think there's maybe an argument that that maybe as we're saying about having the guts to drop people, he's maybe gone too far the other way, where he's maybe not kind of ruthless enough with them. I think in his mind, uh, you know, it, it's. I think from what he was saying, it's almost as if he thinks that that approach doesn't work. But I think that there is a happy medium, and it just um, it maybe uh, maybe hints as to why you know, like we say, he's maybe not making these decisions. Maybe uh, in the future he might reflect on that, and he might think actually maybe I need to bring that side of me back a wee bit, a wee bit more. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, after Wednesday night, I thought like Solskjaer is just never going to win anything at this club. Uh, we might as well just let him go at the end of the season because this is as far as he's going to take us. And after today, I'm feeling positive again, thinking, well, maybe he might win some trophies. Uh, just and that's just the way it's been for the last two years and four months. It's just a real roller coaster ride. So I'll ask you both this question: Do you think Solskjaer will win the Premier League at Man United? I'll come to you first, Nigel. Personally, no, I don't. I don't think he has the, the winning mentality. I think he's an absolute legend as a player and a very nice guy on a one-to-one basis. Uh, talks nicely to the media like some previous managers didn't. But when you want someone to win a Premier League and a Champions League, you need an out-and-out coach that uh, can get the very, very best out of every every player. And I don't think that all he's currently... I hope he proves me wrong, Kyle. But I, my instinct, having watched the club for 50 years plus, is that he, he's just not a top-level coach. Well, do you think that he'll win the FA Cup? Well, they certainly are going to play Leicester at the right time, I think. Uh, Leicester have a few injuries. There's no reason why if they produce performances like today, they can't. But they can't always rely on Bruno to score the goals. They need to get more goals from the people up front. Absolutely. So, Chris... What do you think? Do you think Oli could win? Do you think, he, first of all, do you think he could win the FA Cup or the Europa League? And do you think he could go one step further and win the Premier League? Yeah, sort of similar to, to, to Nigel in a sense. I, for, for me, I, I don't think Oli is a top level coach, but I do think that we have enough with him and the team right now to win the FA Cup at, at some stage, if not this year, and potentially to win the Europa League. 
I think I think we're still a good way off winning the league. I mean, I think that's a pretty obvious uh, thing to say. Anyway, um, I for me, I think I think there's there's sort of two factors to it. I think one is the manager himself, and I think that yes, there's he's not a top top level coach, but I also feel that we're we haven't really been getting kind of top level investment or top level backing from above. And for me, I I think that until we get that, I'm not sure that there's that anybody can get us to, to there. Um, the, the reason I say that is partly looking, you know, at the example right now of Liverpool. You know, Liverpool went from being the best team in Europe to being seven in the prem, in the Premier League, um, and that's purely down to losing losing the, their their important players. And that to me just highlights the fact that if you don't have the right guys in the pitch, you can be Jurgen Klopp, you can be Pep Guardiola, you can be any top coach. You're still not going to go. You're not going to win things unless you have the right guys in the pitch. And so for me, I, I think what I would like to see is that I would like to see some more investment in the team in the summer, get strengthen the positions where we know we're weak. And, and that, to me, would give Ollie the best chance to win something. And if he isn't able to do it with that investment, then I think that proves he's not top level. And that, to me, is the point where you can say, we need a guy in who can get more out of these players. But I just feel that the personnel is still not in the league. Um, so for me, I don't, I don't think with this team, yeah, really anybody could do it that's my fault okay there's been a few transfer rumours this week they've been linked to the likes of Raphael Varane and Erling Haaland who would both be dream signings and, and certainly take us closer to winning the Premier League seems a bit fanciful uh, to sign both of those players in, in the summer transfer window I'd be happy with just one of them what's your thoughts on, on potentially signing Raphael Varane Nigel oh he's a super player played at the top level one things uh, can definitely help the quality of our back four. Noticeably on Friday's uh, pre-match conference, the manager said that um, on, on foot of what Ed Woodward had said the previous night, that there would only be one signing because of the financial situation. And if the fans weren't back and the revenue continued to drop, which I find interesting. So he's sort of already uh, been told that he'll have to decide which one it's going to be, either a centre forward or a centre half which is disappointing. Well, the word is that it'll be potentially just one marquee signing and the rest will depend on player sales. So hopefully we can raise some funds by selling off some players, potentially even De Gea and Pogba. We'll wait and see on that one. The question is, if someone like Ferrand does come in, who would drop out? You would think, and I, I think that it should be Maguire because as you've talked about earlier, Lindelof seems to perform really well in the big games and I think he's marginally better than Maguire. But the reality is it'll it'd probably be Lindelof who drops out because Maguire's captain. So what do you think, Nigel? Do you think that Ferran's your partner Lindelof or Maguire? I personally, I would go for Lindelof rather than Maguire. Maguire's been a big disappointment to me. But as we've discussed before, Kyle, on these podcasts, this particular manager has his favourites and he seems to select people for whatever reason. You know, another coach coming in would reassess the squad that we currently have and be delighted to add... uh, extra players to that squad. So definitely I don't think Maguire should automatically be selected because he cost £80 million, because he's paid a great weekly salary. It should be on the basis of merit and certainly uh, Lindelof would be my choice rather than Maguire. Yeah, it's hard to disagree with that. Okay, another rumour this week was Erling Haaland. It seems like he'll cost, cost an awful lot of money so it's difficult to see him come to United over like the City or PSG. But He's a, he's a firm favourite of Ollie's. He's a fellow countryman of Ollie's and, and he, we all know that he would love to have him. And Chris, you have been talking to me about how much you rate Haaland in the last couple of days. So so what would you think about that potential signing, Chris? I think he's a, an absolutely brilliant player, Kyle. Yep, I think that uh, there's no doubt that a player like that would add to, to add to the squad. 
Um, I think I think he's brilliant. Um, I guess the only thing that I would say against it is, and I think it might have been yourself who said to me previously, Kyle, is that I actually think that we have an absolutely great player uh, in the future in Mason Greenwood. Um, and and I feel I think he's the best uh, finisher at the club. I think that people often say that. Um, and I actually wouldn't mind seeing him get a chance to play centre forward a bit more. Um, I'm not sure whether Solskjaer just thinks that he's better on the wing or he himself prefers to play on the wing. I don't know. Um, but I think a young lad like that could 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 be like a new sign for us in some ways. Um, but like I said, I, I think Holland is a, is a top, top player. Um, and there's no two ways that he would improve the squad. Um, we have Cavani there at the minute as, as an option. Um, and I think Cavani's been great, but obviously, you know, his, his age is against him. I think somebody like Holland um, would come in and, and would probably automatically start um, up top. I think he would be our best, our best centre forward. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't complain. Uh, but as you as alluded to there, Kyle, I think I do think that there's uh, other positions we probably need strengthened uh, in more, uh, particularly centre back and possibly centre midfield. Um, so I don't know if a striker should be the priority. Um, but I think Holland Holland's a great player, no doubt. Yeah, I think centre back and an upgrade on Fred should be the the first priorities. But if we get an opportunity to get Holland, particularly at a cut price, then we have to go for it because. I, I, even we were talking about him the other day and I was talking about the ego that he has might be a disruptive influence in the dressing room but he scored two goals in the first nine minutes against Bayern Munich last night so I'm just yeah, just get this guy if we can because he's the most lethal striker in Europe at the moment and nobody would, would turn him down so Nigel would you like to sign Holland, or would you prefer just to give Greenwood a go at number nine? I, I would go down Chris's line. I, I, I have watched uh, Greenwood through all his junior days, right through scoring goals for fun. As we've alluded to before, he scores with both feet. Very rare these days in a top-line striker. I, I, I think that he, he's just been played on the wing to, to make sure that there are places for Martial and and Rashford in the front three. But as Chris says, he is that good. And if he's given a, a long-term position of centre-forward, I think he could be a great success in years to come. Highland is, is a top rank. He He's scoring lots of goals at Dortmund and looks a very confident player, but he, he will cost the earth. And if we have the young players on our own doorstep, let's give him a chance. Okay. What a fantastic result that was today. Wouldn't it be great if we were sitting in the bar enjoying some pints right now, lads? <laughs> Absolutely. It's your, it's, it's your turn to go to the bar. I haven't forgotten. Was it my round? <laughs> it's your round. I, I think it was your I think it was your <laughs> round the last time I was at you too, Kyle. That's oh, two round you. Good man, Christopher. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll go ahead and leave it there. Thanks for coming on, lads. Come on, United. On United. Absolutely. Great to chat. Great to chat. Brilliant. Thanks, guys. Talk later. Bye. <laughs>